Welcome to Thought Revolution. This is a show for leaders like you who want to learn how to lead and manage in a way that expands your impact and influence. My name is Kristen Nebro and I am the founder of Impact Consultancy. And I'm excited to share with you my biggest aha moments and thought-provoking concepts that are designed to free up your time, your team's capacity, and your ability to create impact in the world. Let's go. Welcome to episode 34, everybody. This is Kristen Ebro, and I know you're back because you want to build a team that loves what they do and feels empowered to make things better. You know, like you want a team that has and takes ownership, that has and takes accountability, that is and takes initiative, um, that is uh, proactive. Like all of those things I think are really important. That's why I'm going to guess you're listening to any of this because that's what you would want. When I picture who's listening and what you're trying to create and maybe what's already in place, like that's who I picture is tuning into this, is somebody who wants that for their team. And the power that you possess to influence that outcome, I think is really important. And um, you be the leader that builds that great team, I think is is really what this is about today. So episode 34 is going to be focused on you and your connection to driving culture. So let me just take us back for a moment. Last time on episode 32, we talked about detractors and talked about the toxic employee and how to deal with that kind of employee, really different than from the disengaged employee. Um, in the last episode, episode 33, we talked about laws, how a law is totally different from a value. And if you're really focused on really driving your team culture, like just driving it, not like a, not like hoping it would be good or trying to change the mood or the atmosphere, but truly declaring what the culture is and driving it, uh, then so much of this comes down to how you embed routines. So the law, I think, was really important because we talked about the difference between um, maybe having a, a value like respect, which is you know confusing, and having a law that everybody um, is acting from, like what you focus on expands. Like that's a law. Whatever you focus on expands. It's kind of like whatever you resist persists, right? So if you're resisting feeling anxious, it's just going to grow. You've got to go with it. If you resist... Um, you know, some news that you've been dealt with, it, it just, you, you get blocked. You have to just embrace the change, right? And then come up with something new. Same with, you know, whatever you focus on expands. If I focus on hopelessness, I'm going to get hopelessness. If I focus on um, the constraint, I'm going to get more constraint. But if I focus on something different, like what's in my power, then options show up, right? So that's what we talked about last time. Intr- and then we talked about how to introduce that and how to begin embedding it so it can be useful um, in a way where it's driving culture. It doesn't have to be. You can just have laws and they don't do anything for you. Um, but I, we talked about it within the context of you as somebody who runs a system that's going to drive something different. Now, I'm going to pause because that was really key. None of this works without you. Y-O-U. Like You are the determinant as to whether or not Whatever I share is really going to work, and I think that's really important to call out. So today, we're going to be focusing on how to effectively model the change that you want to see. And and I think this is gonna, we're, we're still going to kind of break it down. You know me, so um, I can't just talk about uh, uh, feelings and being. I, I'm huge into... Um, really like living from the future and the present is just me, you know, creating like and living into a future instead of just coming from a past and going towards the future like that, that, that doesn't work for me. Um, so that, that's all like, you know, in the realm of, 
um, you know, leadership and being, but this whole podcast is really about developing great managers who become great leaders. And to begin to really manage, you have to have some kind of method to do what you're doing. And so we're going to talk about modeling. I'm going to give you a method to begin modeling this change within the context of you being the kind of manager that designs and then drives your culture. Let's frame that because we're not talking about the organization's culture. That's too big for this podcast. It wouldn't make any sense. Um, but you know this to be true and see if you can relate. Usually an organization has a culture and then depending on its size, maybe each site has a culture. And then within each site that might exist, maybe there's multiple offices, then each team might have its own subculture. So there are these subcultures that exist within the overall um, organization or enterprise. And that's where I'm focused because you as like a supervisor, a lead, um, a crew chief, a manager, you are the one that is responsible for being thoughtful about whether or not that culture, that subculture that you are responsible for um, is going to enable your performance and engagement or if it's going to detract from it. Now, you're going to have to deal with the toxic folks that may come in and out of you know the situation that you may or may not have inherited or hired. But we're talking about the actual experience that gets created for people day in and day out that's driven by systems. And so that's why um, when we talk today, I'm setting this context because team culture starts with you. But what I mean by that, not so much like – you know, you got to be like a, a, you know, a good person and, and model, you know, accountability, blah, blah, blah. But you, A, are responsible for that culture. And I think that, I think that's really important to call out. Like, if you've never thought about that before, you should begin to drive a stake in the ground today and see yourself not as a manager, but as a cultural architect. Like, that is the distinction. I'll never forget the day that um, someone told me that I am an investor um, but I'm choosing not to take on that role. And I was like, what are you talking about? I think I was about 23 at the time and, and they really made the distinction. They're like, you can either put your money away and 401k and not think about it because, you know, the, the business that you work for just does retirement and you can just, you know, go set up your retirement plan and not think about it. That's one thing. Or you can see yourself as an investor and then be really proactive about what that looks like for yourself. Um, and it's just a matter of how you see it because then it's going to drive um, then what I might do in terms of what I'm going to learn and how I'm going to act. The same is true here. So if you are a manager, I really even if you are a supervisor within the context of um, you know, a management team, uh, you still probably have a team of reports. And there is a subculture that is there. You've got to align up just like a manager has to line up with their director, has to line up with the organization um, to some extent. But you are <clears throat> the cultural architect. And I want you to see yourself that way because that's what we're going to be talking about today. If you don't see yourself that way, then that's a problem. And it probably is the reason why you aren't driving the culture. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that like you're at fault. It just means that no one's called that out for you to drive the skill sets to be able to build what we're about to do today. So you are the architect which means, what do architects do? They are designing and drawing up in their world what the structures are, right, for a physical foundation, a building, a house, a school, whatever. In your world, you're running a business, so you're drawing up the structures for, and then I'm going to fill in the blanks, for your operations, for your culture, which, you know, typically those braid together, and we'll address some of that. Um, you know, for your um, strategy execution. Um, so all of those pieces. You are the architect. 
And so the more you can get visual with it and really be clear about what it is that you are doing to begin to leverage certain systems that are going to drive everyone's daily experience and those daily experiences begin to shape what we call culture, the norms and behaviors and practices that drive the mindsets, uh, then the more on track you can be. It's not about getting it right. It's just about understanding it and then being in action. That's it. Like take the pressure off. You don't have to like, you don't have to think that you're like, you know, Zappos who, if you read, you know, they're, they didn't know what they were doing either. Right. So this is really about, um, you recognizing this, taking, you know, some concept and some skills, some method, and then being in action because that's the only way to grow. And that to me becomes the hallmark or the beginning to really not just, um, manage, but grow as a manager and then really become a leader because you are choosing a new kind of future. You're choosing to take on a new identity and then move with it because, and here's the kicker, why did you become a manager? Because you love to watch people grow, because you believe in the product and you want to see the people in your community you know, benefit from this, because you love drawing out um, people's potential, because you believe in the power of um, – the service that you guys deliver, um, and because, 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 like, just be really clear about that. And if, and if none of those ring true, um, and the only reason you want to become a manager, cause it just felt like the right next step or because, um, you know, it looked like some, a good opportunity to make a little more money or because, um, you know, you entered into management because, uh, you felt like you could help people, then I would say just, just take like five, 10 minutes you know, and just get clear um, about whether or not you're in the right position. And and if you are, like, yeah, I want to make a little more money, uh, you know, and yeah, I want to grow my career. And I, I just, I really believe in, you know, in the, the value that we're creating and the difference it'll make. Or I really believe in just growing people. Um, and I want to grow as somebody who grows others. Like, then cool. Then you're on the right track. Then this podcast is for you. Okay? Cool. So let's talk about modeling. Now, depending on your size, um, what I say is, is going to be relative. I don't believe you can change culture without a system in place. Um, and, and so that depends on the size of the organization that you're in. When you're in a tiny organization, when there's maybe like, you know, 10 people or less, then yeah, you are setting up um, just by merit of who you are in your role, you're setting up like the expectations and how people are behaving by how you are, but also by how you let others be. Okay. So that, that is actually true. But when you begin to scale, when you begin to grow in team size, when you get to a certain number, um, and I'm not going to call out a particular number, but when you get to a certain number, the way that you begin to transmit culture and drive it so where you're truly trying to be conscious about it is by using systems. And we've talked about that. Now, here's the deal. You're a leader of those systems. So you can change as a human being the conversations that people are having, but you can't change the culture. But you do have to change something. And so when I talk about modeling, even if you're going to begin to introduce things into your systems, no one is going to follow those, that, that change, those, those changes, unless you've changed. So what I want you to consider is changing the conversation and not changing what you say or even what other people are saying. What I would want you to change is the conversations that people have in their heads about you. And that's kind of a trippy thing to say because I think in any community 
that you're in, whether you're a leader of a team, a family, a division, an organization, your community has more to say about your leadership than you do, okay? Because in their heads, they're already always listening, and they're listening to a conversation about you. You've already trained them to think about you in a certain way, whether they're aware of it or not, whether you're aware of it or not. They're already seeing you a certain way. So your leadership is really the function of how people see you. And I think you have to just recognize that at first. Most people don't. It's what we call the context. Um, You know, for you to enter into change and declare, hey, this is who we're going to be and this is what I'm committed to, it's going to create dissonance for them. There's going to be a gap unless that's who you already are because – They know you based on how the past has taught them you are. And so that's how they're going to think about you. So really, this is about you being able to change that conversation. And I think this is going to be really important. Now it's totally doable. And we're going to talk about how, right, Um, in a few steps. So one, one of the things that you need to begin to do is you need to begin to define what the change is, what is the culture that you're trying to drive, and who you need to be in that culture, So let's play with this for a second. If you say you want a culture, so take your scan. So from last episode, take a look at what's missing in your culture that's taking away or not driving the performance or engagement that you want, and then start to declare like those aspects of that culture. So maybe you say what you want is a culture of, you know, coachability, right? Well, then who do you need to be? Um, Maybe you need to be someone who's open to feedback. Maybe you're someone who needs to ask for feedback. Maybe you need to be someone who asks for someone to actually come and watch them, so observation. Maybe you need to be someone who asks for, um, or I'm sorry, who applies feedback. Uh, so you're declaring what the culture is, the future, and then you're, you're trying to call out how would you show up? What are those behaviors? You're defining like three or four behaviors. And then you get to ask yourself whether or not you're actually that person. But what's cool about that is if I think I want to build more coachability – and I want people to be more open to feedback so I can give feedback. I've got to make sure I'm open to feedback, but the behavior would then be I'm asking for feedback. Um, I'm asking for someone to come observe me. I'm asking for people ahead of time to you know, take inventory about how I'm doing. I'm applying the feedback and asking how I'm doing about applying my feedback. Like Those are actual behaviors. A behavior, Open to feedback is an attitude. It's not observable. It's only observable if you see someone, you know, observably get pissed or closed down or say I'm pissed or I'm not going to listen to you, right? But the behaviors that you can actually see would be someone asking for feedback, someone saying thank you, someone asking to be, you know, observed, um, you know, to improve what they're doing, someone applying feedback and asking how well they're doing, you know, being evaluated, so to speak. So you modeling That is really important, but you're defining what it is you need to model first, and then you're going to become vulnerable by asking someone, you know, to do that. And what's cool is it puts other people on your team in the vulnerable position of having to give you that feedback. So you're really beginning to model from a different place uh, the beginnings of the change that you want to see, and they're beginning to see you differently. Uh, So this is about their ability to see you being committed to something. Uh, so let's say you want to build a culture that um, is got greater accountability. So what are the behaviors? Maybe it's um, you have to begin showing the, the targets and metrics that you're trying to achieve, um, showing the results you're actually getting, um, sharing the mistakes that you're making, 
um, being on time to things, if that's a piece of the accountability that's, that's not showing up, um, being present or actually showing up to meetings where maybe you were canceling things. So whatever that looks like, you're defining the behaviors that starts to be able to help you understand if you showed up in this way, accountability might begin to be a part of our culture and then asking folks to be a part of that. Let's just do one more. Maybe you want to build a culture um, of, uh, uh, let's just say, a, an inspirational culture where folks are you know, more positive. I know that that's, that's way vague, but whatever. Um, you know, maybe it's just more um, you know, uh, an energized culture. We'll just call it that. Um, so maybe the behaviors are you're going to need to take risks. Um, because that's what's required in this um, kind of a, a culture. Maybe you need to be vulnerable about um, certain things. Maybe you need to share your vision. Maybe you need to praise um, people taking risks. So make sure that every single day you're, you're, you're taking a risk and you're telling people what you loved about them, you know, being able to take a risk. If you're building a culture of innovation, risk is huge. So um, taking risks, um, praising risk, sharing what you're trying to achieve through your vision, being vulnerable about some of the mistakes you might be making or what you're learning. Um, all of those things are behaviors that might begin to grow a different kind of culture where maybe you had command and control or folks weren't sure if they actually were empowered enough to make kind of the changes that were important for them. So you can hear in all those, you have to start with what is the, what's missing in the culture that I want to begin um, driving towards. Two, what are the behaviors that I need to begin to define that I will be modeling um, either both by myself or asking others to participate in with me? Those are the two starting places for us. And then three, the, the real clicker here would then be like, where would be reliable places for you to begin to show up in this way? Like you're going to have to introduce that this is important and you're going to be modeling this. So you're going to share this with folks. But don't be rando about this. Do not be random. Be very purposeful. You're being an architect right now. Architects are not random. That would be very displeasing if you were going to remodel your home and they were just randomly like, you know what? Uh, I've drafted out some of the house, but not all of it, but let's just get going. Like you want to be super purposeful, you know, um, either telling people or finding reliable places. And what I mean by reliable places are if you have stand-ups, if you have staff meetings, if you have project meetings, if you have one-on-ones, um, you know, whatever that looks like. If you have like just a, a routine to walk around, um, if you have coffees, if you have um, happy hours, if that's the right place, right? Um, what, wherever it is, um, you know, you want a place that's reliable because, you know, the question that's going to be asked next is, is this person consistent? Like, if you said you're going to do this, are you consistent or not? And I think that's really important to make sure that you're thinking about because, you know, you don't have to transform your whole self. Like, for you, if being coachable is is not, you know, who you are, like, I, I, I wouldn't want you to, like, engage in a culture where, like, all of a sudden you're like, oh, my God, I am, you know, kind of an introvert and I'm analytical um, and I'm risk averse. And now I'm asking – I'm asked to be, you know, aspirational and strategic um, and, you know – uh, full on like a risk taker like that's just it's not who you are so let's just be real um, I don't care what class you go to and what leadership behaviors they tell you you know you need to be and you're going to have to be fluid no matter what because things are going to change you got to know who you are and so um, inside of that you're going to have to know like where is it that you can take a step forward so I'm not asking you to take a total transformation of yourself I am asking you to take inventory around one aspect of who you are and your leadership 
in relationship to what might be missing. And I think that's really important. This self-awareness is huge because if you realize that you need a coaching, uh, I'm sorry, a culture that is maybe more open to feedback and coachability or a culture that's more um, grounded in accountability and you're not and you don't think that that's a too big a leap for you, then, um, then you might not be in the best position to drive that culture and you're going to need to think about that differently. If you are someone who is highly accountable or super pro-coaching, um, you're going to have to answer the question, okay, what is it that's getting in the way of my team um, being able to feel like they can be coached and really think about those behaviors a little differently because otherwise you're just going to be annoyed that people aren't behaving the way you are. So there's going to be kind of an interplay here that I think is really important that's really um, comes down to your own self-awareness. But you know, what I always try to mitigate that is I reflect. And so I'm going to walk through this. I decide the culture that I think is important, the aspect of culture anyways that I want to drive. Uh, I define two to four behaviors, which we talked about, and then I reflect. And so this is what I want you to do. I want you to reflect. And I, I go through, you know, I go through a few questions. I answer to myself, like, so how does my team, you know, see me? Like, what do they say about me? What do they say about me to me? That's the first question. What do they say about me when I'm not around? I can only speculate. Uh, what do they say about me in their heads? And what do they say about me through their actions? Now, I don't know the answers to all of those things, but I go through and I think and I write down, like, what do they say about me to me? I know some of that. I have evidence. What do they say about me when I'm not around? I'm not sure. I'm going to have to learn more. Here's what I think. What do they say about me in their heads? I have no idea, but I can only guess. And what do they say about me through their actions? That I have some evidence about. I reflect. I don't take very long. I take about you know five, ten minutes at the most to jot down what I think might be there, and then I confirm. I spend the next day or two checking in with folks and just asking them. I let them know, hey, look, there's an aspect of our culture that I think you know if we were supposed to, if we could shift this, I think could you know bring great opportunity for us because I see us struggling with this, and what I want for us is this, right? So there's a couple things that um, I think would be important uh, for me to be doing differently. Right. So you wouldn't say it like what I want you to be doing differently, but the behaviors that you think you could be doing differently. And hey, here's how I think that people see me. I think that, you know, um, it would be great for us to ask. I would like to make sure that I'm asking for more feedback, that I'm asking people to watch me, that I'm applying more feedback. Um, And here's how I think people see me. I think people already see me as being pretty approachable and coachable and um, open to feedback. Um, And I just want to check in with you. So this is your confirmation. How do you see me? Do you see me as somebody who, and then blank, is coachable, that asks for feedback, that asks for people to come observe, um, that loves to apply the feedback? Like you want to get some confirmation, okay? So that's the third thing that you're doing. You're reflecting on how do people see you and you're confirming um, how they're actually you know, seeing who you are. Step four, now you're going to act, right? Now you're just going to lay a, a, a net down and say, you know what? for the next two to four weeks. And this is in that same conversation that you're confirming things. Just say, you know what? Thank you. This is super awesome. This is super helpful for me. In the next, and, and lay out a timeline. Be ready for it. The next two to four weeks, this is what I'm going to be doing. You're going to see me asking for more behavior, like 
asking for more feedback, um, applying more feedback. Uh, so just um, really be clear, like I'm going to be upping the frequency around this because I really want to model the impact that I think it can make for all of us. So you're just being transparent about it. And I think that's really cool. Um, people will respect that because they know what you're up to. Otherwise, you're going to start doing some things and it might not align with how people see you or they're going to they're gonna be like, yep, he's already like kind of like, you know, um, you know, type A personality. And so there he goes again. Or yeah, I know that he's always asking for feedback and now he's asking for more feedback. Like what's wrong with him or her, you know? So, um, they're going to put in their own story. So you being able to reflect and confirm and then share your action here around what you're going to be doing for the next certain amount of time makes a huge difference. Now in that's the first part of action is communicating. The second part is making sure that you are taking the time to embed this behavior daily, like every single day. Like D-A-I-L-Y. You have to make sure that this is like so high touch, so high frequency, so high visible that folks really get that this is what you're doing. And it's going to seem weird, but I think it's important that folks really see this because you're trying to change potentially their listening about you. You're trying to enable a change. You're trying to up the ante and model your level of commitment to this. If your level of commitment sucks then their capacity to change is going to suck, right? If you think that they need to be more coachable, which first of all, that line of thinking sucks already. But if you think that the opportunity for this group is to be more coachable and you said, I'm going to, you know, take on these behaviors because I think that coachability is awesome. And then, you know, Todd sees you, you know, ask for feedback once over the last two weeks. And now you're going to start to, you know, begin to, you know, take on some routines. It's going to open up an opportunity for people to not just get and give feedback, but maybe, you know, practice, you know, sharing what they're learning. That's going to lead eventually into, you know, getting and giving more feedback. They're not going to, nothing's changed for Todd, right? Because you're not any different to him. So it's really important that your frequency is high, that you're thinking about where can I embed this behavior? Where are the reliable places that people can see me? Um, how do I make the concerted effort? And, and if that's really difficult to do to reach all people, who? It comes back to the people. Then who? Who needs to really see this? Um, who really needs to be influenced by this behavior change for me? Because I'm going to need them when we take on something different here. And then the last thing you're going to do is you're going to ask. This is your last step. It's super simple. You're going to ask. So I've been trying this. You know, how well do you think I've have been doing? Asking the same questions. Like, you know, when we first had this conversation, you said that I wasn't very coachable or you said that I was kind of coachable or you said you were kind of neutral about it or you said I was, you know, um, horrid at accepting feedback, you know, and what have you seen the last couple weeks? And, you know, how would how would you say I've changed if at all? Um, you know, what impact has it had for you? And you can share what impact it's had for, you know, for yourself. Um, this kind of conversation I think is really cool. It's a learning loop and you get feedback. Like you might find out that, you know what, like you still suck at giving feedback and getting feedback. Um, but maybe people feel like more open about like, you know, you being in the struggle and they want to join you, uh, or maybe like they love it. So it, you're going to find out a lot, but you've put yourself in the position. You've started the process of driving culture whether you know it or not. Now, it's not strong enough to actually change the culture, but it's strong enough to have changed the conversation. And you might have to stick at it longer, but changing the conversation is an enormous part of the battle when it comes to driving culture. The architect doesn't have that problem. They put things on paper and then you react to it and they change it. 
the leader not only designs and, and begins to construct in collaboration with the team the systems to drive things, but they are now leading that, right? And so your confidence, it, their confidence in you is all that matters. It's, the, it's almost like the handoff between the architect and the general contractor. Your confidence in your general contractor to do the job that you want to at the level of quality, um, with the level of comfort, with, at the cost and the time frame. This is like, you know what I'm talking about. If you've been through some kind of remodel or build, that's the person that you're building confidence in. And they've got to be able to exude that. That's who you are. You are that person. So this, what I'm talking about, matters. So let me recap, okay? You're going to begin to model culture change. It's not the end, but it is the beginning. It is not the thing that changes culture, but it has to happen. It influences the change around culture. You need to be able to go out, number one, and see the gap and decide what aspect of culture you need to drive. Okay. Two, define two to four behaviors, observable behaviors that you know would make a difference to begin driving this culture. Three, you need to reflect. What is it that people say about me? when I'm around, when I'm not around, through their actions. Then you need to go out and confirm with folks, hey, this is how I think folks are thinking about me. Can you tell me more about how you see me? You know, you're actually modeling coaching in that moment. Four, take action. Time frame. I'm going to tell these people, folks, I am going to be trying out these behaviors to drive how I operate differently. Don't say because I want to drive culture, but how I want to operate differently over the next Give it a time frame, two to four weeks. Here's what I'm going to be doing. Share the behaviors um, and then ask. I would love for you to give me feedback here. I would love for you to observe me here. I would love for us to get together and work on being on time here and hold me accountable to making sure that I show up or making sure that I'm sharing results if you're trying to build accountability here, whatever, whatever that is. And then last but not least, circle back. You can do it along the way too, but you definitely want to bookend it with how am I doing at the end of a week or two weeks or three weeks or four weeks? You know what? We had that conversation. Here's what you told me. It was super helpful. And I'm really curious. How do you see me today? How good was I at, um, you know, asking for feedback or applying feedback? How good was I at showing up for meetings? You know, um, you know how do you, do you see me any differently today? So those are the things that you're looking for because it's going to set you up for the culture change you're about to create. And you've already begun the state change. Last but not least, those are your five things. If you can't reach everybody on your team, because some managers out there have teams of like, you know, the spans of control are kind of gross. And, you know, that's another conversation, another podcast, um, because you can't really develop people without pods any larger than six to 10. After that, you no longer are are developing people. All you can do is control process. But um, my aside, um, if you're managing a large team, then you're really going to have to focus and answer the question, who? And when I get to you know the point where I go confirm and act, who are the people that I think are going to be the most important to give me feedback and begin to embrace um, how I might be engaging in change because I'm going to need them when I start to actually engage in the culture change that I'm going to begin to initiate. Okay? So that's the thought for this week. It's awesome because... I know that you guys are out there and you want a team to be a particular way, not because you're selfish or because you're trying to design them in like your image, so to speak, but because you know that there's something that's really powerful about why you said yes to leadership. You know there's something powerful about who they're set out to be, and you know that there's a potential there that you want to unlock. 
So you modeling this change matters a ton, and I'm super excited about what it is that you can put into action with those five steps to get going today, all right? Um, I know all of you wake up every single day with a bend to make a difference in this world, especially here in Seattle, um, and not just make things work. So thank you so much for tuning in to The Thought Revolution, and I'll talk to you guys next week.